Hello? Chris, it's Scott. Oh, hey man, how's it going? <laughs> totally excellent, dude. Oh, um, okay, cool. Well, what's up? <laughs> Not much, compadre. Just chilling out here at Mikasa. All right. Hey, uh, are you okay? You seem different. Oh, yeah, man, I'm totally tubular. I've just been listening to this bitchin' new podcast and scarfing down some zaz, you know? Right. Bitchin'. Totally. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, and it's a completely gnarly new show that breaks down, analyzes, and discusses the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one shell kicking minute at a time! Wait, one minute at a time? Like, a whole episode dedicated to just, like, one minute of the movie? Oh. Hey, Scott, hold on a second. Dude, I have got a boss new podcast to show you. Oh my god, it's like totally rad. You're gonna freak. Hey, Adam, Rachel, uh, come in, I guess. Is that Scott? Put him on speaker. Yeah, he was just telling me about Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles Minute. Minute? Excellent. Excellent. Rad. Dude, dudette, how totally mondo is that show? Totally, man. I like scoped so many fresh new knowledge nuggets. I feel like my brain is going to explode. Yeah, and it comes out every day of the week, so I can just max and relax and score some serious turtle time. Chris, you have to motor over to DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute right now. Yeah, okay, I, I just... Am I going to start talking like that? Yo, Connor, don't be a spaz. Yeah, be wicked. Bodacious. Righteous. Fresh. So, bro, what's it going to be? You going to check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute or what? Well, I guess there's only one thing to say. Cowabunga! Yeah! yeah! Party! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, available July 31st on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyzed the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one uh, paradox talking minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. Is that what we're doing today? Yeah, today uh, we're bringing back uh, we're bringing back a, an old friend called uh, the Paradox Draft. Oh um, boy, because we didn't uh, we didn't talk about it all season because uh, I was saving it. Yeah, because I was saving it. So for those of you who don't remember, the Paradox Draft is the draft of Back to the Future 2 that also includes the events of Back to the Future 3. So it's the events of 2 and 3 in one 114-page script. Mm. Um, so everything is sort of like on fast forward. Uh, so we talked about it uh, a lot last season, um, but I didn't bring it up a lot this season because the uh, Part 3 stuff is very truncated. To the point where um, I didn't know when and where to really bring up, bring it up, uh, because it's very truncated, as you'll as you'll hear as we're going through it today. Um, uh, when Marty confronts 1955 Doc about, uh, like when he takes him home, which is the beginning of part three, uh, it is on page 73 
of 114. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So the entirety of Back to the Future 3 uh, basically takes pl- place in about, um, what is that, 40 pages? Yeah. Okay. About 40 pages. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so uh so so first off, I have to point this out. When everyone's sleeping, uh you are looking at the fireplace and the uh sports almanac is actually burning in the fireplace. <laughs> so he doesn't he doesn't burn it uh he doesn't burn it like in that super metal way that he does in the <laughs> trash can in, <laughs> in part 2. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh and the uh the newspaper is changing on the like with the george mcfly murdered to george mcfly honored so um all of that is happening here george mcfly is a-okay in our book right and so um doc is already reading the letter from himself uh out loud to marty and then they go to the uh they go to the 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 uh mine and uh find the uh find the DeLorean and they, they pull it out and Marty finds the, the uh, gravestone just like before. Um, and, uh, what's interesting though, is that they don't go investigate anything. Marty sees the tombstone and then doc is like, what's wrong? And he's like, uh, uh, nothing. And then he just takes a picture of the tombstone and doesn't tell doc anything. Yeah, so he keeps it to himself. Okay. And then um what happens is actually the uh and I actually I'm I'm I I kind of like this because okay. it actually does it, it makes sense. Um the DeLorean being stuck in the mine for like 100 years uh or 70 years. Uh it's it doesn't work anymore. Yes. Um so when they uh when they're sending him Back to the future, which is what Doc thinks they're doing, and then Marty sure. resets the 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 um, the time circuits mm-hmm. uh, as uh, once he's alone inside the uh, in inside the DeLorean, which is sort of like a callback to the first film when he's like, "Oh, what do you mean? I got all the time in the world. Like I'm in a time machine. I'll just set it back five minutes early and oh, blah blah blah." Yeah, I had more time. Yeah, it's sort of a callback to that. But the 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 car doesn't work. So what he does is he sets it in neutral and then Doc pushes him with his truck mm-hmm. up to 88 miles per hour. So they, oh. they fix the they fix the time circuits with like the vacuum tubes and everything. Um, but they don't fix the car because they don't have any way of fixing the car. So they just fix the the time circuits. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then doc pushes him up to 88 miles per hour, the way the train will later, um, because it's actually Marty's idea to push the, the DeLorean with a train. Marty had an idea. Yeah. Well, it's his idea. Well, not technically it's like his idea in so much as he's copying doc, (laughs) um, uh, doc's idea of pushing the DeLorean. So, uh, yeah. So here's, what's really interesting. So. First of all, he appears back in 1980 or, or in 1888, not 1885. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not that solid 100 year, 70 year thing. Um, it's a little it's a little off because he okay. decided to make it 88 for some reason. But um, when he first shows up, it's actually not 
it's actually not a Native American tribe okay. running toward him. It's just cattle, like wild cattle. Uh, that's less problematic, but a lot less cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the same same thing happens. Uh, and then he wa- – but he walks into town instead of getting knocked unconscious because in this draft, there is no uh, Seamus at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he walks into town and when he he gets, so so he just goes to town with no help. Right. Yeah. He just sees a sign that says Hill Valley two miles and then goes, um, already a downgrade for me. Yeah. So he goes into town and, uh, he's, he's, it's kind of the same deal. He's like walking to town, seeing stuff. And then this guy runs by going, he's coming, he's coming. And then, uh, black Biff, not mad dog tannin. Black Biff shows up Mm -hmm. um, with his guys. And he's like, what you doing in my street, runt? And Marty's like, huh? He's like, I charge cash money for any egg sucking tin horn gutter trash standing in my street when I come to town. How much you got? Marty says "Uh, nothing. And then Black Biff tells his guy to check his teeth for gold or silver. And uh, and there's nothing. And then uh, we get the dance thing. So he's like, he's like, well, let's see how good those shoes are for those fancy engine shoes are for dancing. And he starts doing the moonwalk um, and that whole okay, thing. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that transcended drafts. Yeah. In, in the middle of the street this time, not in the saloon. Oh, even better. Yeah. And then uh, does, the, does the he have moon- a little does he have a little Jamon dialogue? Yeah, well, so he says that he's mumbling the lyrics to Billy Jean um, okay, while he's doing it. But then he suddenly twirls around and jumps with a yell. And then that spooks Biff's horse, which that's, bucks Biff off and throws him into manure. That's a weird Marty move. I don't know if I like that. Well, that's what he that's what he that's what he did in the thing. But he jumped onto the the wood. Yeah, but not, that, that that has like that's I don't know. Something about like scaring a horse. Like, I don't know. Uh, not on purpose oh 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 oh, okay i get it i get it the the moonwalk like sticking the landing on the moonwalk with the 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 michael jackson improvement yeah that scares the horse okay um so uh so now so so black biff digs himself out of the manure and uh and and gets buck some rope we asked buck for some rope and which by the way this whole time black biff keeps referring to uh to marty a shorty okay um so that's his nickname for marty Shot- a shorty shoddy yeah so he says uh he says buck give me a rope and marty's like what are you gonna do and black biff says i'm gonna make you taller shorty and then he wraps a Wraps the rope around Marty's neck and hauls him off down the street and up the up the courthouse. Um, and then uh, Doc shows up uh, and uh, does his thing. It'll shoot the fleas off a dog at 500 yards. Wow, such a and good yeah, yeah, such a good moment. But wait, wait, wait. It's about to get better. Um, so he's like, it'll shoot the dog, <laughs> the fleas off a dog at 500 yards. And they have their whole thing. And uh, and he says, uh, Bla- Bla- Black Biff says, I don't see where you're in any position to be telling me anything. Three guns against one, and I haven't even drawn yet because he's talking about his boys. Right. He's like, the odds ain't exactly in your favor. And then I'm just going to read the script as is. 
we hear the sound of shotguns cocking. Clara off screen. Three against two, Tannen. Everybody turns. Clara is standing in the street holding uh, holding a uh, an intimidating weapon that is four sawed-off shotgun barrels mounted in a fan-shaped arrangement in a yoke on a four-trigger stock. Clara looks like a school teacher, uh, but but is a badass in this moment. Um, she says, I've got four barrels loaded with double-aught buck nails, broken glass, and shiny new dimes. That means if I can see it, I can hit it. Invented by Emmett Brown for home defense and security. He calls it the Terminator. Would you care for a demonstration? <laughs> and then every the, then and then Biff and the other guys, they holster their guns and get out of there. God damn it. So the big difference here is that oh, when sure. we when we come into 18 when we come out into the old west Doc and Clara are already a thing. Oh my god that's that's so cool. That's her, uh, that's her um that would be the and most, right here right here as that. as Black Biff and uh and his and his cronies are leaving um that's like as he leaves, he's like, well, we're going to take care of this later, Clint Eastwood. He's like, meet me in front of the, on the street Friday the 13th in front of the saloon <laughs> yeah. at eight o'clock. And he's like, all right. And then uh, and then they leave and then Clara lowers the Terminator and says, Emmett, someday you've got to teach me how to load this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't even loaded. She's just a badass. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, they, Marty and doc hug, and then they go back to the black shop, the blacksmith uh, shop and, uh, Clara enters with food and, uh, they're, uh, they're eating dinner and stuff together. Just like the, the scene with, um, Marty and Seamus and his family. Um, and so it's just Clara talking about how she and doc met and, uh, is it the same as yeah. is, is it still involve Clayton Ravine? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, basically, yeah, yeah like it's all, but, a badge. yeah, but it's all, it's all off screen and, uh, and Marty refers to him as the doc and she goes, the doc and she, he's like, he's like doc Brown. I mean, I mean, Emmett and she goes, he's actually a doctor. He's so modest. I knew he was more than a blacksmith. Um, he's, uh, let's see, he's delivering, uh, a wagon he repaired for Farmer Peabody. I expect him back soon because I guess like Doc like left for a second. Um, and then uh, he's like, wow. She's like, wow, Dr. Emmett Brown. He is the most brilliant man I've ever met. Even when I don't know what he's talking about, I just love hearing him talk about it. And he's wonderful with the children. And then Marty goes, children? What children? And then Clara Hello, says, Martin. Clara says the school children. I teach school part time, oh. and Emmett helps with the science lessons. Oh, I've been, uh, yeah, and 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 so like oh, Emmett. That's adorable. Emmett goes and teaches science, like he's God. like Bill Nye, science guy in eighteen eighty eight. Damn it! I love this draft. Yeah, like, like I don't regret what happened, but this is just such a delight. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's really nice. Time. Yeah. Okay, so um. Doc, uh, doctor enters 
And uh, he's like, oh, I see you two have already met. And he, he Marty's like, yeah, Clarence making me feel right at home. And uh, he's like, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Your Claire is really oh, good. Claire, by the way. Like she's a little bit more like country than Mary Steenburgen. Like I'm almost picturing like this Clara being like Holly Hunter. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so then Clara says, uh, well, now that you're back, Emmett, I've, I've, I've got a night school lesson to give Clint. I hope to see you later, Emmett. I know I'll, I know I'll see you later. Um, and, uh, she leaves, uh, she gives him a kiss. She's Doc a dime, a right? Yo. Doc is a little embarrassed and then she leaves. Um, and then Doc, as soon as she leaves, Doc goes, she doesn't know I'm from the future or about the time machine. So watch what you say. <laughs> And Marty goes, I figured. Look, I don't need any of your sass today. Uh, So Doc says, so what did you think of her? And he's like, she's great, Doc. And he takes a bite of the food and says, uh, and she's a great cook, too. What is this stuff anyway? And Doc says, rattlesnake. And Marty spits it out. Uh, Michael J. Fox would have killed that. Yeah, and then uh, she said, "He says, actually, Clara may be moving back east. I really want her to stay, so I'm seriously considering popping the question. What do you think?" This uh, is weird. Now, now it's weird. Hold, on. keep going. I'm sorry. Why? Why is it weird? I don't know, man. It's I, it. It is a lot of. It is a lot of catch up for Marty. Well, I mean, I I like it because it it's sort of. It sort of um, sets in stone like just how long he's been there that he's like built this relationship, right? And, it, right. It, and it's not like a weekend romance like it is in the movie, very which is true, which is true. fine, and we and we accept it for what it is in the movie. Yeah, but this um, is like but, a stable, long relationship. Yeah, they've been in a long relationship, and Doc is like thinking about like you know proposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so why uh, wouldn't? Yeah, so Marty says, uh, well, Doc, I think you better hold off on that and gives him the Polaroid of the grave. Right. And uh, he's like, oh, my God, t- 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 you know, great Scott Tannen's actually going to shoot me on Friday. This changes everything. Does he still owe him $80? Uh, yeah, yeah, for throwing nice. the shoe. Same thing. Um, and so uh, – they, so it goes from it goes from this changes everything and cuts directly from that to a close up of the shift lever going to neutral. Marty behind the wheel shouting, "Ready, Doc!" and <laughs> uh, and and then a team of four horses start pulling the DeLorean. Yeah. Um, named Benjamin and Isaac. And- yeah, oh. and so uh, and so they're they're pulling the DeLorean back to the uh, back to the the blacksmith thing back to the blacksmith uh place and then um the uh back at the workshop uh doc is replacing the delorean with the with the the the, uh, the wheels the rail car wheels and uh mm-hmm. he's just like you know this is uh this is a uh, you know this is great like i did great work 1950s me did great work rebuilding the time circuits um really cool and uh, and he starts loading up the car with all the stuff that they can they need to take back with them because they can't like leave the hoverboard or anything like that in 1880s. And he's like, all right, well, uh, I guess uh, I guess we should be getting out of there. Um, so he, he, they, they go through the whole plan with the train and the the, uh, the the toy train. And he's like explaining everything about the windmill and all of that stuff. OK. 
Um, and then uh, now uh, we cut to like the next day and Marty's uh, dressed in Western clothes. He's like coming out of a general store with some food items and things. Um, and uh, the barber says uh, he, he passes the barber and sees um, uh, like the blank tombstone. Um, and, uh, and he's like, he's like, Oh Jesus, who died? And the barber says nobody yet, but tomorrow's Friday the 13th. And on Friday the 13th, black Biff always kills somebody. So we're going to need it. Whether, whether like, we're going to need it regardless. And he's like, and Marty's like, okay, yeah. Once cool. a year we're attacked by Jason Voorhees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They literally turn black Biff into Jason Voorhees. Um, it's really silly. Uh, so every Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. He kills someone every Friday the 13th. Um, so then, uh, doc or, or Marty goes back to the blacksmith shop, but then here's Clara and doc and sort of pauses and just like watches them from outside. And, sure. and Clara says, uh, uh, so, so I've decided not to leave town tomorrow. After all, I'm going to stay in Hill Valley. And doc's like, you are, and and she's she's in, he says uh, or she says yeah so I'd like to accept your invitation to the barn dance Saturday night, um, <laughs> and I'll cook you dinner on Sunday night Sunday night, and Doc's like oh well that's <laughs> wonderful, and uh, and and Clara is like yeah you know the children need me and of course you're here and she kisses him and Doc blushes and Marty sighs because he's like really. He's like looking over at like the, 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 the tombstone and like back at the, the picture. And he's like, Oh man, this isn't, this isn't good. Um, and so, uh, now doc like just doesn't really know what to do. He's like, I can't stay because I might die, but now Clara's staying and she's a really special woman that she's the <laughs> kind of person that I've been looking for my whole life. And now that I found her, I want to spend the future with her. And Marty's like, but this is your future. If you stay here, he's like waving the Polaroid around. And, uh, and he's like, Oh man, like, I don't know what to do. Um, and then he's like, and then doc finally is like, no, you know what? I'm a scientist. I have to be scientific about it. We're going to return to 1985 and I'm going to destroy that machine. Uh, even if it, even if it's painful. Uh, and so then they're, uh, they're, they've made camp. Um, and, uh, doc says, I'm going to go say goodbye to Clara. And she's, he's like, what are you going to say to her? Like, she's not going to believe you. And he's like, no, 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 she'll, she'll understand. I know she will. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Marty's like, no, just, just, you know, just leave. It'll be less painful this way. Um, and, uh, and, and doc is like, no, 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 I can't. So he leaves and, uh, he goes to say goodbye, uh, to Clara and uh, he's uh, like, I can't tell you why. And then finally she convinces him to tell him the truth. And it's the whole thing. And he's like, she's like, oh, my God, this is so disrespectful. I can't believe you. Um, and I don't think that this I actually don't think this plays as well um, this way, because I think I agree. It, she acts like it's a one night stand, but they've had like a really long relationship. And so, yeah, it's, it's way more weird. Um, it's like, it's like the same, the same reaction under different circumstances. Right, 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 right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not super into that. And then doc goes and, and asks for the whiskey and it's the whole thing. Um, 
And then, uh, and then it sort of basically plays like it, like it always did before, um, with, uh, you know, with the, with the wake up juice and the whole thing. Um, and, uh, and black, the wake wake up juice still, still comes into play. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, black Biff shows up and, uh, and, uh, they do the whole, the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing where where people are people in town are saying that everyone everywhere will know the Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the West. <laughs> that whole that whole thing and the countdown thing it all plays very much the same, um, except that uh, finally. Um, so okay, so Marty's like, I don't care what Tannen thinks; he's a jerk, and I don't care what anybody else thinks either. Uh, and then he says, do you hear me? I said, that's 10, you gutless yellow turd. And then somebody else in the saloon says, Tanner's right. The runts are yellow. And the, another guy goes the most sickening display of cowardice I've ever seen. And then in the background, someone speaks up for the first time, an Irishman named Seamus. Oh my God. And he says, is he now? Well, I say, well, I say there's a difference between being yellow and being stupid and only stupid man would go out and get himself shot for no good reason. No, sir. I'd say this young fellow's got a noggin full of horse sense, sir. And he, he offers his hand and says, sir, I'm proud to make your acquaintance. McFly is the name. Seamus McFly. Uh, and he goes, he goes, uh, Seamus McFly, you're from Ireland. I've heard of you. You started the whole family. And Seamus says, begging your pardon, sir, but I'm not even married yet. <laughs> oh, whoa. <gasps> Wait, yeah. keep going. Keep going. I'm sorry. It's just so okay. many thoughts hit me at once. Okay. So yeah. And then it says an attractive bar girl who looks quite a bit like Lorraine oh, is giving oh. Seamus a flirtatious smile. And Marty says, you will be. Listen, Seamus, buddy, is there another way out of here? And Seamus says, aye, there's a way through the back there is, right through there. And then uh, Doc wakes up and they go out the back. Um, and then the whole thing happens with, uh, with, with you know, the uh, you know the whole the, – so like he, he runs out the, the, the thing and there's a – it's the, the cast iron – um, belly stove, the stove, um, and, and the whole thing. And then, uh, um, he gets Doc, and the conductor is on the train and Clara's going back out of town, which, which this makes sense because Clara was saying she was going to leave town. And so, and she was only staying for Doc. Right. And now the Doc's not in the equation. She's like, well, I might as well leave. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it actually plays better in this mm-hmm. draft. Um, and then she overhears the salesman that Doc was talking to in the saloon. And then he she leaves, tries to go back into town. It's the whole thing. And then um, the whole thing happens again with, uh, with the, the iron door and all of that stuff. Um, and uh, some boy runs up after it happens and says, wow, armor. How'd you think of that, mister? And Marty says, I saw it in a Clint Eastwood movie. You're weak. You're that's insane to me. Everything you know. 
Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. So he says, he says, hey, where'd you think of that, mister? And Marty says, I saw it on a Clint Eastwood movie. And the boy says, movie? What's a movie? And Marty says, you'll find out. And then the boy's father says, move along, DW. Move along. And the barber okay. says, that oh. little Griffith boy can't hold him down. <laughs> D.W. Griffith. D.W. Griffith. As a little boy. That. 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 that I don't know if I love it or hate it. I just don't know. I can't figure out what I, how I feel. That's the worst. How did, <laughs> wait, so just hearing the word movie. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I I don't well or or maybe it's just supposed to be like ironic or something. Yes. <laughs> or so like like just like, ah, oh, look at this funny coincidence. Like, I don't know. It's something like that, I oh think. Oh my god, that's that's ridiculous. These movies. Um, I know. Uh so uh so after after Black Biff punched um punched uh Marty uh, he starts uh, crying about his hand because it broke um, on the on the stove door, and it's his gun hand. So he's never going to be able to shoot oh. anyone ever again. And Seamus says, "Well, if you'd like to be trying honest work, you can have a job on my farm, slopping hogs and washing wagons." <laughs> Which is amazing because now Black Biff is Beta Biff too. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, because he's working for Seamus. Wait, what does that do? So, like, now, by the time we get to 1985, will it it be that the Tannins have been living subservient to the McFlies for, like, generations? Yeah. Apparently. Like... Like maybe maybe they go back uh and uh, and George is just like a bully now. He's like a he's a boxer yeah. like he was in the original <laughs> Back to the Future draft. <laughs> he's just like a he's just like a boss. He's just like a oh, now Biff, you were late on your third payment. I don't you know have any more children for me to kill, but mm-hmm. Um so then uh the rest of it basically plays the same like uh the whole train sequence um goes on for about uh 10 pages or so um and basically plays out like the three weeks that we already talked about um but uh but when uh <laughs> when when the when he comes back to 1885 um he uh is it still the hoverboard let me see yeah it's still the hoverboard um so when he comes back to 1985 uh, and the, uh, the, 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 the diesel engine comes toward the DeLorean and he pops out and it, it destroys it. And Marty just goes, Oh God, no, no, <laughs> which is, um, he drops to his knees and weeps and then says, well, doc, it's destroyed just like you want it. <laughs> Not my friend, my DeLorean friend. Uh, yeah um and then uh we he goes back to lion lion estates and uh uh biff is waxing somebody's car and yeah. he has like a bomb collar on around his neck <laughs> yeah and uh biff goes hey marty how's everything and marty's like fine 
And Biff goes, <laughs> Biff goes, gone cowboy, eh? And Marty goes, yeah, fine. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, go, goes, goes home and, uh, and uh, George and Lorraine, they pull into the driveway and their BMW and George goes, Marty, what, 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 what on earth are you wearing? And Marty's like, ah, it's a long story. Lorraine says, where have you been? I thought you and Jennifer were at the lake. And Marty goes, Jennifer. Oh, God, Jennifer. And then runs away. That's so much better than the movie version. <laughs> and uh, goes to Jennifer's house and wakes her up. And uh, and and she like it's the it's the same thing. And then um, they're like in the they're in Marty's truck. And like, how do you feel? Are you all right? I think so. Wow. Like I had this dream. And I don't uh, care. he was like, well, and Marty's like, well, everything's fine now. Sort of. Um, he's just really he's way more sad about yeah, the it. DeLorean being destroyed and about never seeing Doc again. Like yeah. way more sad. Um, he's just very despondent. Uh, and then, um, the, uh, uh, needles, uh, shows up and they do the whole, the whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The and Mr. Rose Royce and, and, oh, uh, Royce. Jennifer says, yeah, yeah. And Jennifer says it erased. Um, and then Marty <laughs> takes a beat and goes, well, maybe our future hasn't been written yet. Shut up, Marty. <laughs> and she smiles. <laughs> and then uh, they they go to the train tracks for the wreckage. And uh, Marty gets out and Jennifer gets out. And she's like, I don't understand. What are we doing here? And Marty goes, I'll be just a minute. <laughs> and then um, is like looking around mm -hmm. and uh, he he finds the the flux capacitor. Um, but it's broken. And so then he like sighs, uh, because I think he was trying to go back and was like, maybe I can install this in my truck and I can travel in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. The um, power is yeah and uh but the flux capacitor is destroyed too so he's like oh man um and then the the steam locomotive shows up and uh doc is in the cab wearing an engineer's hat not a top cat not a top hat <laughs> okay cool uh and it's been it but the but the train has been modified yeah with big tesla coils condensers Ooh, we're way um, weird yeah yeah tesla coils and uh yeah, and and uh, I mean that's basically what they did. It's just not they were like, well, we can't do Tesla coils, so we'll do these little spiral deals. Um, yeah. I so just, the the art would... direction obviously just like kind of tweaked the concept yeah. of the Tesla coils. Um, Doc would never call them Tesla coils, though. No, no, no. He is not. He's not about that Tesla life. No. Um, he's about that. And then. Doc, Doc's first uh, words are still Marty. It runs on steam. Yes, amazing. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Clara and uh, Jules and Vern and Einstein are all there. Um, and it's uh, it's the same thing. Um, and uh, except that Do Jennifer says, uh, Doctor Brown, I just want to know one thing. 
what happens to Marty and me in the future? And Doc says, that's up to you. Uh, your future hasn't been written. No one's has. For better or worse, your future is what you make it. So make it a good one, both of you. And then he winks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then he says, uh, and then it's the line. He's like, so uh, we will, Doc. What about you? Are you going back to the future? And Doc says, nope, already been there. And then it uh, flies off and uh, <sighs> rolls the end credits. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's the it's like the same movie just truncated. Just yeah, just God, this might be my favorite episode. Really? Of the show? Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' th- what? Just delight after delight. Yeah. What I mean, like I don't. What's crazy is I, I just I love that Doc's inter- Doc is introduced with his gun. And then Clara is introduced with an even oh, bigger, that, scarier gun. That was incredible. But like, what's what's crazy is like all of that sounds amazing, and like the Seamus Maggie meet cute, and the like that's amazing. She's a bartender in a saloon, but it doesn't. I still love three a lot. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how like you can love both versions. You're so happy for what happened, but. You know, uh, God, how many, you know, what's even crazy is I bet every movie you love, especially that the big franchise studio movies have drafts like this that are insane. Yeah, probably. Movies, man. I know Spider-Man definitely does. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The James Cameron <laughs> is. Yeah. Awesome. And the, uh, the, Michael, um, the Michael Chabon draft of Spider-Man 2. Oh, right. Yeah. We'll be talking about that next season on that mm-hmm. show. Um, like yeah. So that's uh, that's the paradox draft. That's that's uh, now picture everything that we just talked about. That's the last 40 minutes of a movie that starts with everything that's in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> that's the greatest movie ever made. I know. Like, just imagine that it goes from 1985 to 2015 to alternate 1985 to 1955 to 1888 back to 1985 in under two hours in under two hours 114 pages god that's that's brilliant (laughs) bravo that movie would be whip i mean it just feel like whiplash like it's just not the movie whiplash but just in yeah but in the whiplash in general yeah under two hours bravo yeah it's crazy absolutely nuts um, so yeah, so that's the, uh, that's the paradox draft and, uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow, uh, we'll be back to talk about, um, your emails that you sent us. We'll have a, a couple of mailbag episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye everybody.